Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Well, it's the Growing in Grace podcast again. Oh man, we're glad you're with us. Maybe you've just found out about us from someone else. Welcome aboard. This is going to be a different ride for you. Whether you're somebody who's been in church for years or maybe you're kind of new to the things of God, uh, this is going to be a little bit of a different thing and it's going to it's going to be good. Don't panic. I'm Mike Kapler, the cap with me. I've got the man who eats potato chips with a fork because he heard that legalists don't. Welcome, Joel Brzezinski. <laughs> That's why I do that. Yes, I do that. And I have some further information that people don't want to hear about what I mix with my cottage cheese and chips and potato. And um, anyway, never mind. <laughs> What did you, you What were, did you, you say? Were, I you were eat? losing me in in uh, record time. You said potato chips, didn't you? I did with a fork. And yes. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw this out there just as a random thing because it's true. You know, sometimes you'll see things on social media. What's a weird combination of food that you eat? I like, and I'm putting this out there. You can make as much fun of me as you want. I like cottage cheese with potato chips crinkled into it and and ketchup you and lost then, me with ketchup so now Actually, let's move you lost in. me with oh my goodness it is so good yeah <laughs> it is the best i i'm not a ketchup person no. my granddaughter <laughs> she has to have either ketchup and or ranch with everything yeah my and niece is like that ranch disgusting now my wife eats cottage cheese one time, the one time I ate cottage cheese was years ago, and I found a splinter of wood in it. Oh, I took ah. it back to the store and went to the manager, and I said, I found this splinter of wood in my cottage cheese. And he says, well, what do you expect for two bucks, the whole cottage? <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good, that's a... <laughs> grocery store joke. Grocery store joke. Anyway, <clears throat> Joel... We we had uh, somebody correspond with us recently. Uh, you you received that, and and so I'll let you expound upon it. But they they seem to be asking if we had any programs or series or anything like that that just kind of helps people get started in grace. In other words, they've been through traditional Christianity or they're they're new in Christ or whatever. Maybe they have a, a lot of old mindsets that that kind of need to be cleaned up because they're not related to the grace of the gospel. I mean, it seems to me, Joel, that we have tried to keep our program pretty simple. I realize that sometimes what we're talking about to some people who are unfamiliar with the things we discuss, it may come across as sort of deep and, uh, boy, you're losing me here. We try not to do that. And maybe some things are more simple than, than others in our, our discussions for some people to wrap their minds around. I think what we want to do here and kind of what we did when we started this podcast some 18 plus years ago is go back to some, some basics. Because uh, Joel and I were talking before we came on the air about not underestimating the number of, of new people who are coming into grace, who are discovering our podcast who are trying to grow in their understanding and of, of, of this sort of thing and, and how different it can be 
compared to the things that we were taught all those years where at least different forms of, of legalism were, were mingled into some of the, the teaching we heard on, on Sunday mornings. So maybe we can focus on some things here today and, and maybe some future programs here as well. We'll see how this goes where we can kind of help people begin to wrap their minds around what is so different about what we discuss regarding the gospel of grace compared to uh, the, the vast majority of people who attend a church on Sunday morning who aren't hearing this stuff. Yeah, I think that's, I think that um, the gospel itself and, and the, the grace of God is, is really very, very simple. And I think sometimes it goes so much against what many in the religious world, and I'm talking about the religious church world, um, are, are teaching. So much has been added, you know, works and law and uh, all kinds of you know, rules and, and various things have been added. And it can be hard to, to, to get, a, you know, to untangle from all of that and just get to the basics. And what this person asked, I'll just read part of the email. Uh, he's wanting to share our insights with his home church, but want to start at the beginning for a, a full foundation so the more difficult stuff can be understood better or resisted less. And, and I think, in my mind, and this might not be what he meant, but the more difficult stuff is the untangling, uh, getting away from that works mentality and, and the religious mentality that is so common in the church. But start at the beginning for a full foundation. And I think we used to say quite a lot on this podcast that we're talking about the ABCs and one, two, threes of the gospel, the, the foundational aspects of the gospel. And really, that is... The gospel. I mean, it's it is really simple. It's it's as easy as ABC and one two three that a child could understand it. But again, when you get all that religious stuff mixed into it, it's hard to untangle. So, you know, like you said, uh, over eighteen years ago, podcast number one, we asked the question that um, you had been in a, in a church small group setting, I guess, or Bible study setting. Um, a pastor had asked, "What is the gospel?" and asked people to. You know, give their ideas of of what it is, and and it's like if you're caught off guard with that question, well, <laughs> what do you say? I mean, what is the gospel? And so again, from our perspective, from what we're sharing here, it's it's really it's really simple. But so let's just talk about that. Let's talk about the grace of God and and the gospel and how simple it is and how easy it should be for us to understand if we can get some of that legalistic and religious stuff untangled. Yeah, I, I do remember. It's one of those memories that just kind of sticks in your mind like it was yesterday when that pastor asked us. Now, I had uh, come into sort of a new understanding of, of the gospel of grace, and it was it was quite different, sometimes the very opposite of what I've been taught most of my life. And so this pastor who had also transitioned into this, uh, this truth of the gospel of grace, <clears throat> he did ask that question, what is the gospel to you? What do you think the gospel is? And and he was careful to say there are no wrong answers here. Just tell me what comes to mind when you hear the gospel. What what is that? What do you think that means? And it's one of those things I've I've mentioned this before, but when sometimes you're interviewing for a job and they give you a one of these weird questionnaires that have very strange questions <laughs> on there and you're not quite sure how to answer them. Right. <clears throat> it was a little bit like that because now I was being faced with thinking about this, because 
when he asked that question, things were going through my mind, like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, read letters, Jesus walking around teaching, and the Bible. I mean, all kinds of things were popping through my brain, but now I had to, I had to face this question. What do I think the gospel really is? Something so common that we heard in, in church circles, the word gospel, and yet defining it, I, I found myself almost struggling a little bit <laughs> mm-hmm. because I wasn't sure. And I don't think I wanted to say something that sounded stupid. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know what you mean. Even though he was trying to reassure us, there's no wrong answer. Just tell me what you think. <clears throat> Ultimately, it came to this, Joel, something we've talked about many times. And and this is the, the, the simple gospel here. When, when Paul said this in Romans chapter 1, he said a lot of things in, in this context, but let's focus on this here for a minute. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of, of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, also to the Greek, for in it, the righteous, for in it, for, for in what? For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith and is written, the righteous shall live by faith. So, and as Paul would go on to talk about, in the upcoming chapters in the book of Romans and other places that he had written letters, he is letting us know it is the righteousness of God that has been revealed through Jesus Christ. Not people pursuing their own righteousness before God through their works and effort and the things that they do. That's what the Jews were doing under the law. All those stone tablet commandments, there weren't just 10, by the way, there was 613. And trying to keep up with that, trying to establish approval from God by trying to attain a place of righteousness or a place of right standing before God through what they did, through their dedication, through their commitment. Paul is saying that's really been wiped out. Uh, Something different has happened here through Jesus Christ the righteousness of God, right standing before God, acceptable to God, that position that we now hold as believers in him has been gifted to us. It's gifted. Um, It's not something we work for. It's just something that comes through what he did. And our trust and belief in that makes it real in our lives. Yeah, that's really it. That's the simplicity of what the gospel is. And, And Paul, he really did lay it out right there. Um, it's God's very own righteousness. I mean, if you think about my or your attempts at righteousness, at trying to do good, it comes way, way short of God's righteousness. And so like we talked about last week, it, it couldn't have been about, it's, it's not about our works. It's not about our righteousness. The gospel has nothing to do with our righteousness, but it's the gift of God giving us not just any old plain righteousness, <laughs> but his own, the gift of his own righteousness. If you think about how righteous God is, he gave us that. He gave us the gift of his own righteousness. And he, Paul does start talking about that in Romans 1. And then as, as we talked about last week too, then he goes through some other things in Romans 1, 2, and 3. But his, his main point that he begins to lead up to he gets back to it toward the end of of Romans 3 where he says, so now the righteousness of God, again, has been manifested apart from the law, again, having nothing to do with the law or works, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. So it was foretold in, in those old scriptures that this would come, 
But he says it's the righteousness of God, again, God's righteousness, through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. And he talks about how people are justified, that's made righteous, made right with God by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. So that's, in a nutshell, that's what the gospel is. It's God giving us his very own righteousness as a gift that we receive freely by faith, having nothing to do with our works. And the good news about that is that God wanted to do this. He willingly did this. I think that's a big part of of the gospel, that it's not, it's because I think sometimes one of the problems that come up is that people think, well, Jesus did this for me, and so I got to pay him back. I mean, I got to do something. And that complicates the gospel. That, that complicates the simple gospel. Uh, people think that well, Jesus did this much for me, so the, the least I can do for him is this, this, and this. But that dilutes the gospel. It, it cancels out the gospel if we try to do something on our own, any of our works, uh, in order to earn what God has freely given. And so, like, also we talked about in, in Romans last week, Romans 4, you know, it's all about this this faith. Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. It's that simple. That's really the simplicity of the gospel. If Abraham was justified by works, it's God owes him something. But God owes nobody anything. And instead, he gifted us. You know, when you give somebody a gift, you do it because you want to, not expecting anything in return. And God gave us the gift of his own righteousness because he wanted to, not expecting anything in return from us. Yeah, he he did it for us. I mean, this is this is what love is all about. And yeah, I heard a lot about love throughout many of my Christian years, Joel, and I came to uh, the saving knowledge of Jesus at a pretty young age. And um, yet, I didn't really understand what love was. Uh, but once I began to understand that, when, when I heard somebody say, there's nothing you can do to make God love you more, and there's nothing that you can do to make God love you less. That blew my mind. Mm. I mean, I was like, whoa, what are you talking about? And it was so exciting for me to, to know that that wasn't going to change and that I wasn't going to drift from God and that he wasn't going to drift from me and he wasn't going to come and go. He just loved me for who I was. And he demonstrated that love through his son. And, and and what he did, I mean, this is um, this was this was so new to me to to actually get this, I mean, to really begin to get it, it uh, it was so hard to describe to people what was going on inside, as as I was suddenly after many years as a Christian coming to understand what the gospel really was, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And so in in many traditional churches, if you were to ask. And when I say traditional, I mean church, buildings in general. <laughs> uh, but in most places, if you ask people if they are righteous, they're, they're going to feel like that's not humble, and they're not going to lift their hand. How many here think that they're righteous? Very few hands go up, right? We've talked about this. But you are righteous as a believer in Jesus Christ. You are declared to be holy. You are declared to be perfected, uh, blameless. And the list goes on and on about how God identifies you in Jesus, because it's not about us and what we do. Again, it's about 
us trusting in what he did. And I just want to mention this before we wrap up here, Joel, and, and we do want to talk more about the simplicity of the gospel, because some of us think that we've kind of graduated from some of this stuff, and that that's that's kind of misleading. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think we talk ourselves into that sometimes. I want to get into the, the deeper things of the word, brother. <laughs> um, if we can just learn to get some of this stuff, the rest will take care of itself. I just wanted to mention this, though. The word gospel, it's Strong's number 2098 in the Greek. Um, I think it shows up, I think, 76 times in the New Testament. Twelve times in Matthew and Mark. Four times in Matthew, eight in Mark. The word never, I just find this interesting, okay? It's not a scientific Bible thing here, but I just find it interesting. The word gospel does not show up at all in John or Luke. Hmm. Only two times in the book of Acts. And the rest by Paul. Yeah. Except there was one time in First Peter and, and once in Revelation. And I, I just say all that to say that, that Paul was really the guy who was given the revelation of this gospel of grace directly from God, as he claimed, and writes about it, obviously, compared to the rest of the New Testament, um, which is only a, a sliver of a percentage, really, of, of the, the times that the word gospel shows up. So I just wanted to throw that out there because, you know, we were talking about what, what does the gospel mean? What's the gospel to you? I just think an equation like that is kind of interesting. Yeah. And um, that, that's good stuff. I mean, just to, to understand the, the use of the word gospel. And, and we'll, we'll definitely talk more about that. And I, I didn't want to save this for next time. I, something came to my mind just on this gift the gift of righteousness. I thought I just wanted to add it to the end of this one that just imagine the best, just think about the best gift you've ever received, like in an earthly sense, maybe it was for a birthday or, or Christmas. And it was something that was given to you, something that somebody gave to you. Now, when you receive this gift, it becomes yours. It's yours. And think about that with the righteousness of God. It's not like it's God's righteousness and he is just kind of peeking through some rose-colored glasses and he sees you. He's just pretending that you're righteous. But he actually gave you his righteousness. And that righteousness is now yours. That belongs to you. God's righteousness has been given to you. That's what you have. That's what you are. You really are you know, Christ became sin for us so that we might become the right, we, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. We are the righteousness of God in Him. It's not something that, that will ever go away. It's yours now. God gave it to you. It's His gift, the gift of God's very own righteousness. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.